Thanks, Rachel. Last year, um, after the inspired service, after the weekend was over, I sat right over there in my customary spot, and I just cried. Now, truth be told, I was fighting back emotion during the entire weekend, but when it was all done, um, I, the sanctuary was empty, everyone was gone, and I just sat over there and, and, and I cried. And that was in part because um, I find it so moving when people entrust their story to someone else. You know what I mean? When, uh, when people share stories of, of pain and suffering or uh, hope and, and growth and healing, I find that so um, just so sacred and it's deeply moving for me. And so thank you to all who shared your story. Sue, I think you're running a camera back there today. Um, Jim and Liz, uh, thank you for sharing your stories with us. It's powerful and it's profound. And and that was a part of it last year. Another part of it was um, just seeing, Inspired's one of these weekends where we invite people to reaffirm their baptism or even to be baptized if they never have. And last year, um, God moved in people in a big way and people came up to be baptized in all services. And, And that's just overwhelming to me in a good way because there are so many churches that are lifeless where lives don't change and I'm just I I find it so humbling how God is at work here and so those were pieces of uh, my tears but the biggest reason that I sat over there after inspired last year was because I was absolutely overwhelmed I was terrified The way things fell, the way the calendar fell, inspired last year was exactly two weeks before our congregation was going to make a big decision, a big vote on changing our name. For some of you who aren't aware, we were St. John before we were Pathfinder, and and that's the reason that I sat um, just overwhelmed. In my life, I often have these dreams where I'm driving and I'm headed off a cliff, and I'm trying to hit the brakes, and I can't. Or I'm about to crash into something, and I'm trying to hit the brakes, and I, and I can't. Now, dream interpreters would say that that's a sign of someone with control issues. And I'll tell you, they're not wrong about me in that way. But if you also have dreams like that, um, for me, there's something else going on there. That's also what whole chapters of my life have felt like as a follower of Jesus, frankly. No one tells you that when you say, Jesus, take the wheel, that that also means you're letting go of the ability to hit the brakes as you desire. And so last year, um, I, I was just so overwhelmed it's like God had set this thing into, into motion, this name change thing, and I had said yes to it, but I didn't know where it was going. And two weeks out, I, I didn't know if I could endure. I didn't know if our congregation was going to withstand everything. I didn't know if I was going to be left standing after it was all done. And I just wanted to bail out. I wanted to escape. I, I was praying that God would show up in some big way and just rescue me. And at work, um, I was consumed by it. At home, I was completely completely consumed by it, and I could not find an escape. You know, you turn on Netflix and you'd start watching a show. I'd start watching a show, and inevitably some character would find themselves in some really suspenseful or impossible situation 
which you realize is the plot of every TV show and movie that exists. <laughs> and I would have to turn it off because it would just trigger me. It would send me into an all-out panic. And I remember this moment of just saying to Jocelyn, I just remember so clearly saying these words, I don't know who I think I am. I want to be someone who can do hard things. I want to be someone who can follow God no matter what. But I just don't think I'm strong enough. I don't think I'm brave enough. And sometimes I say yes, and, and then I get in way over my head. I don't know who I think I am. I said multiple times over that year that this name change thing was my Nineveh. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with that story in the Bible, uh, there's a prophet by the name of Jonah, and God called him to go to this place, Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital city of an empire that was seeking to destroy Jonah's homeland, and, and they actually did later on. And so uh, when God says, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, that's the last place on earth that Jonah wants to go. In fact, that's how the book of Jonah starts. It starts this way. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But look what Jonah does to this call. It says, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and he headed the opposite direction. He headed for Tarshish. You don't have to know where those places are. The bottom line is God says, go this way. Jonah goes that way. And the rest of the book of Jonah is Jonah running from God saying, no way, I don't want to go to Nineveh, and God continually plopping him down back on the road to Nineveh. And that's what I mean when I say that this whole name change thing last year was my Nineveh. I could not escape it, and for years I had been trying, but God kept plopping me down each and every turn, directing me right back toward it. Now fast forward to where we are now, a year uh, later, the naming vote went well. Um, we're now Pathfinder Church, and it's been a great thing for our mission. Our, our getting started numbers are up, which means more people are beginning a life journey here. Um, more people are inviting. We had great inviting weekend a, a few weeks ago. It's been a good thing for our mission. More people understand what we're about here. And that means more people are finding life in Jesus here. So in the end, I can say that it was, it was all worth it. The church is still standing. I'm still here, but, but here's what I've discovered that even after all of the stress of the situation was over, I frankly wasn't okay. After the pain of the vote was gone, I was still living in pain. And I thought just maybe a couple of weeks would clear it all up. I just needed some time for the fog to clear. But as time went on, I realized that instead of just trying to wait out the pain, I needed to start to listen to the pain. I needed to understand what that pain was saying to me. Today I wonder, is, is any one of you here, any of you online, are you in pain? Maybe a better question is, where are you in pain, right? And it could be a physical pain, it could be some sort of emotional pain, uh, and maybe pain is too strong of a word for you, so, so maybe it's not pain, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's distress, maybe it's unease or discomfort. 
And here's the thing, at some point in our lives, somewhere in our lives, we, we learn to interpret pain in a certain way. We learn to interpret what we think pain means, and then we start to interpret every bit of pain we experience in life in the same way. And for most of us, when we experience pain, what we think that means, what we think that pain is telling us is we think that pain means pull back. And so that's what we do. We pull back. Right? We, we, we touch the hot stove and pain says, pull your hand back. And we don't even have to think about it. That's just, that's just what we do. We pull our hand back from the stove. We think that's what our pain is telling us. In other words, when we experience pain, I think what a lot of us do is we blame our circumstances. Uh, we start looking at the things in our lives that are causing us pain and we start looking for an escape hatch. We start asking questions like, how can I get as far away as possible from that thing that is causing me pain? Because we're taught that pain means pull back. And I'm frankly embarrassed to admit how often over the last 18 months, especially because you're my church, um, I'm ashamed, I'm embarrassed to admit how often in my mind I've thought, the only real problem here, the thing that will make all the pain go away, the, the problem in this instance, the pain that I'm feeling in my life is all because of this job. And if I could just do something else, anything else, the pain would go away and I'd be okay. See, maybe some of you can relate because you're in a, you're in a painful moment in your career. Or maybe for you it's not this job, maybe it's this relationship, maybe it's this marriage. Maybe for some of you, it's this situation, this financial situation, or it's this illness, or it's these thoughts. See, we're so often convinced that if we could just change our circumstances, then everything would be okay. And we, we assume that that's what our pain is telling us, that we just need to get out. But, but here's the thing. Pain may be telling us that we need to back off. We need to pull back. But that's not always the, always the case. Uh, Jonah, that guy I told you about a minute ago, he, he gets on this ship to go to Tarshish. It's the opposite direction of Nineveh. He's trying to get away from the pain that's waiting for him in Nineveh. He's trying to go as far as he can in the opposite direction. But here's what God does. God sends a storm to that ship, a wake-up call to Jonah, like, Jonah, you can't outrun me. And Jonah, instead of saying, hey, you know, turn the ship around, I need to go back home, says, no way, I'm not going to Nineveh. I would rather die. And literally, he throws himself overboard without a life preserver. He tries to end his life. But God shows up in a miraculous way with a big fish and he, he rescues Jonah. Yay! <laughs> Only to take him back to the road to Nineveh. Look at, look at what it says in chapter 2. It says, And the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. It's graphic, isn't it? Uh, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. See, God makes clear that pain doesn't mean pull back. Not always. So uh, what does that mean then? That, that pain means, if it doesn't mean pull back, it means push through, right? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Pain means push through. Pain means walk it off. Pain means mind over matter. Pain means keep going. On my sabbatical, one of the things that I did is uh, I decided to do a 10-day silent retreat just to try to get my mind quiet. And 
Um, never done anything like this. About day five into the retreat, things started coming up in me that I didn't know how to deal with. And here's the thing about a silent retreat where you're not talking to anyone, you're not interacting with anyone, your routine is really simple, you've kind of removed yourself from normal circumstances. When stuff like that comes up, you have nowhere to go with it, but you also have no one to blame. You realize that there's just this stuff in you And it's there just because it's in you. And I didn't know what to do. And I I tried to deal with it. But by day seven, I was starting to to really struggle. And so um, I I decided by day seven that I needed to break my silence. And I needed to seek out one of the guides who was available there at the retreat to help me figure out what to do. Should I keep going through this or should I back off? I wasn't sure. And and, and so I went to one of these guides and and I asked her for help. And and all along the way, just going to her, I felt like a failure. And I told her that. I just, I said, I feel like I I set out to do this 10 days and I'm not able to do it. And I feel like a failure because normally I'm the guy who just wants to push through. I don't like to quit. And she looked at me and she said, Dion, when you're dealing with things like this, you simply cannot put your head down and push through. I tell you, in that moment, that's what I needed to hear. And I've gone back to that moment again and again since. See, for those of us who, who think pain is just an invitation to push through, to try harder, to endure, you know what we're doing? We're basically living out that definition that someone once gave us of insanity. We're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting or hoping for a different result. But I'll tell you, if this is the way you handle pain, then the only result you'll get, best case, is that you'll become numb. And the things in life that are painful, you'll become numb to those, but the things in life that are joyful, you'll become numb to those things too. You will become completely numb. That's the best case. The worst case is that you begin to take out all of that pain on yourself. And you'll become angry and abusive with yourself. What's the matter with you? Why aren't you strong enough? Why can't you do this? All that negative self-talk. See, if pulling away from our pain means that we blame our circumstance, we say our circumstance is wrong, then pushing through our pain means we inevitably end up blaming blaming ourselves. We think we are wrong. There's something the matter with me. I should be able to handle this. See, today I want to submit that maybe, maybe your pain is saying something different to you. It's not telling you to pull back and it's not telling you to push through. Instead, maybe your pain is a call from God himself to pursue growth. Maybe, maybe the pain that you're experiencing is more like the pain that you might experience when you start training for a race or you start working out. I don't know if you've ever tried to run a 5K or a 10K or a half marathon and you start training or you begin to work out after a period of not working out or you begin working out in a different way. If you've ever been there, you know what it feels like, don't you? I mean, your body hurts everywhere. And that pain is not a call to say, hey, back off, get back to the couch. But you know what else? That pain is not a call just to say, no matter what, push through. Because if you push through unwisely, you may end up hurt back on the couch. Actually, what that pain is, what that pain might be, if you listen to it, if you really understand it, that pain may be saying to you, hey, you can do this, but maybe there's some things that you need to do first. Maybe there's some places you need to get stronger. You need to grow first before you can do this other thing. Maybe there's something you need to do before you can do that. 
And so for me, what, what, I, what I've become convinced of in my own life over this last year is that the pain I was experiencing was not a call to get out and find another job. And it wasn't a, a reason for me to beat myself up for not being strong enough. But really what that, that pain was, it was a call from God, a call to grow, to find specific places in my life that needed to get stronger and to start to pay attention to those things. And so over the last 12 months, that's been my story. I've been trying to grow, humbling myself. I, I started going back to counseling because, you know, for me, I, I get my counsel from the word of God and I think that's the source of wisdom and direction. And, and I use that as an excuse not to humble myself to seek counsel from someone else. And I realized that's really arrogant and foolish and so I submitted myself to the counsel of someone else. Not only that, but, but I began to, to try to realize that like there's some things in my mind and in my life that I need to get right so I dug deeper into a practice of mindfulness. I started using the Headspace app that was the best like 80 bucks or 90 bucks, whatever it is I spent for a year just, just to try to make my mind still because I could not sit for 90 seconds in quiet without going into an all out panic. I just want you to know that's not normal if that's you. That's a, that's a place for growth in your life. And I got more into the practice of yoga. And I know Christians get weird about this stuff. And, and maybe it's weird in some places. It doesn't have to be weird. And in fact, Christians have this long history of taking things that originate somewhere else and baptizing them and putting God at the center and putting truth at the center and using them for our good. And I don't need to defend those things to you. That's what I started doing in my life. And I realized that those things were helping me, and they were not only helping me in, in the rest of life, but they were even helping me in my core Christian practices, things like how I prayed and how I'd read the Bible. For me, my prayer life was reading through a list of all of the people, so many of you who had things going on in your life. It was like, it was like a marathon just to get through that list in time. And my Bible reading was all, often the same. How many chapters can I read in this session and I began to learn that God was maybe saying to me, hey, you know what, just maybe just, just sit with me, abide with me, and read until I say something to you, and then just stop reading for today and just let my words fall over to you and resonate through your being. And the last year, I really dug into something called the Enneagram. Sounds familiar, we did a series on it starting in January called The Nine Paths, where, where really you start looking at the unique pain points that we all experience in life, and, and there's a unique path of growth, growth to each one of those things. And that's been immensely helpful to me. Even in the last couple of weeks, I picked up one of those books again, just reading more about how I might grow. And, and I finally took that sabbatical that I'd been putting off for four years because it never felt like the right time and I didn't think I could pull away. In other words, I began taking steps. I believe God-directed steps that could help me grow, that could help me get stronger in specific ways so that the work of leading and living didn't have to be so painful. And the great news is, what I discovered is that when I started listening to that pain, not just trying to push through that pain, not trying to escape that pain, but instead when, when I began to listen to that pain, when that pain reached such an acute moment where I couldn't ignore it anymore, that's when I realized that what God was actually doing to me, what God was doing for me, was inviting me to open my life up for his direction so that I could grow. C.S. Lewis said that pain is God's megaphone. It's the way he often gets our, in, our attention. And so today I want to ask you, if God has your attention, 
Because there's some painful spot in your life, some place where you're really uncomfortable. Could it be that God is not telling you to pull back, to get out, you know, to get out of that job, get out of the house, get out of this relationship, get out of this marriage? Now, I'm learning about respecting limits, and sometimes that's what pain means, but could it be that's not God's message? God's message to you is not, hey, you need to change your circumstances. This isn't good. And could it be that God is not telling you, you know what, push through, suck it up, push through, try harder, endure harder, what are you whining for? Could it be that God is inviting you in your pain to begin to listen for his voice, to turn to him, and to ask him to show you how you might grow? See, Jonah didn't understand this. The book of Jonah um, is is really a a story about Jonah's miserable failure. Jonah goes through the motions. He goes to Nineveh. God does an amazing thing through him there. He's obedient. He follows God's steps. He gives in. He yields to God. He does what God wants him to do. But at the end of the book, Jonah is angry and bitter and resentful because he missed the message. He missed the invitation. He didn't realize that what this whole thing was about for him was not just the people of Nineveh, but what God wanted to do in him was open up his mind, open up his heart to compassion for a group of people that he had no compassion for. He missed the invitation, and so he ended up bitter and angry and resentful in his pain. But I want you to contrast that to Jesus now. See, see, Jesus also was sent into the world on a mission of pain, and he didn't run away from it. He didn't try to escape the cross. But he didn't just plow ahead like some kind of masochist toward the cross. Instead, what Jesus knew is that that as he moved toward his pain, his calling from God, he knew that God would not waste his pain, that God would redeem it and that he would use it not for his growth, but for ours. And because Jesus went to a cross, God now has made a way for us to find redemption, to find new life, to find everything that we need. It was one of the followers of Jesus, a guy by the name of Peter, who understood this so well, and here's what he said. He said, friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. And I would add to this, don't judge, or don't jump to the conclusion that you're on the wrong track, or or your circumstances are wrong, or that you're wrong. Instead, he says, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ himself experienced. This is a spiritual refining process. This is growth. And then he says this, with glory just around the corner. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. The glory he's, not talking, about, he's talking about is not just the glory of heaven, but it's the glory of a transformed life. It's the glory of being made new. It's the glory of growth. And so today, I want to ask you to consider saying yes to your pain. Maybe not as a call to pull back, to get away from the source of that pain, and not as a call to blindly push through, but as a call to turn to God in your pain and let him, invite him to use that pain to instruct you on where you might be able to grow so that the work of living might not be 
so cripplingly painful anymore. See, in the last year, last two years of my life, I've grown more than I have at any period of my life, in part because I'm learning to listen to my pain differently, and I've got a long way to go, but today can be a new beginning for you. In fact, I want to pray for that for you. God in heaven, thank you for taking us to the edge. Thank you for bringing us to the brink of our own strength. Thank you for those moments when we're in over our heads. Not so that we can run away and escape, not so that we can push through and just burn ourselves out, but God, thank you for those moments and for the way that you invite us to invite you into our pain so that we might begin to grow, that we might become stronger in, in very thoughtful, intentional ways, that we might be able to fulfill the calling that you've put on us. And God, there's a calling on each and every one of us in this room. And it's not easy, and life is hard, and growth is hard, but God, that, that through pain, we believe and, and we say yes to you, that you might show us how we can grow. So the work of living, the work of following you will still be hard, yeah. But it can be a joy. So it, it cannot be so painful for us anymore. God, we need you. We invite you in to show us the way. We pray in Jesus. Amen.